0: Welcome back to the Oklahoma Drill. It is season, what season is it? Season seven. I looked this up. Season seven of the Oklahoma Drill. We have recorded some ungodly number of episodes. <laughs> it's a large, it's over 200, I think. Wow. Um, and we're back. We're just back here with you guys to talk about the thing that brought us all together in the first place. Oh, you football.
1: Yeah. And I was just thinking, do you like the uh, audio situation for this? Not saying we have elite audio now, but we used to just shout at an iPad. Yeah, it was was sitting between us. (laughs) So uh, we've upgraded a little bit now. It's
0: so radically different. Um, Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually used an editing magic on our last episode. Um, so, if you noticed wow. our responses to each other were a little snappier, astute listener, that was editing magic. Editing Pristine magic. sound. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, OU football. Right. Here's my conceit for OU football this year feels like it's going to be kind of boring.
1: Yeah. Now, I know. How much of that is the fact that you live in Arizona now?
0: No, that's definitely part of it. Like, I will yeah. not see a single one of these games live. Um, you know, I will not encounter another person who cares about this sport yeah. at any point. Um, but it still just feels like, you know, at this point, it's like, yeah, we're probably going to win the Big 12. Um, if yeah. we don't make the playoff, it's because something stupid happened and it'll make me mad. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. so I'm the joy of it, I am yeah. feeling like an ennui set in. It's like a uh, OU football stagnation. Um, and I need, so that's why I brought you to here is to cure me of that. I need okay. you to remind me of the joy de vivre that exists at the heart of this sport. I need okay. you guys to tell me what there is to be caring about. To be so caring about. we're going to go position group by position group and we're going to talk about stories narrative this is this is the joy of life this is how we see ourselves this is how we understand others is through stories so this is very important and i need you guys to take this seriously
1: okay can i can i start but with a overall kind of narrative for the whole team i guess so you're talking about how there's been a, a bit of a stagnation and now oh, we're probably going to win the big 12. And I think to me, the story overall of this year is that honestly, this is the first season that I can remember that we're going into that. I think we have a chance to actually compete at the highest level, right? We've had teams where, you know, 2017 as the season progressed and we saw that, Oh shit, Alabama's not as good as they usually are. Clemson's not as good as they usually are. That team was good enough to win it by the end of the year, but going into that season, we thought we were going to get our asses hand to, handed to us in Columbus, right? I don't think anyone's going to hand get is going to beat us like that like Ohio State did in 2016 this year. You know what I mean? So, that to me is that we are finally we have finally reached a threshold in my opinion, hopefully that this team can go toe-to-toe with anybody, even if it is a really good Alabama team or a really good Clemson team. So that's kind of how I, I start out. And that is why I'm in the complete opposite from from Ryan here and that I am extremely excited. I'm not bored at all by the idea of this football season.
2: Uh, and I think the reason there is that level of confidence is because it's an actual team. It's on paper, it's well-rounded. It's not a half team, which is what that 2017 team was. It was the best offense in football and then just an abomination on the other side of the ball that you hoped would, could give you a couple stops a game enough to win. So um, that's really the thing that makes me most excited is, you know, we have a team that should have a very good offense that has, a pres- you know, the Heisman favorite presumed you know, preseason number one pick in the draft. Oh, and by the way, our defense is way better. They were top 30 last year. They returned pretty much everybody outside of a couple starters. They have incredible depth at all three levels, except maybe safety. And then, uh, you know, they should continue. It's year three of the system. They should continue to get better. So, and then, you mentioned 2017, Alabama wasn't as good as they've they been in the past. Clemson wasn't as good as in the past. If you look around nationally, that's a lot how it is this year, at least, you know, on paper. A lot Most of the big major contenders that OU will be buying for the top spot against have new quarterbacks this year. That's not as important as it used to be, but it's still pretty damn important. So Clemson's bringing in Uyongalele, or Uyongalele, I can't even say his name, but... Um, Ohio State's breaking in, probably CJ Stroud, Bryce Young at Alabama, all very talented guys, but first year starters. So we've seen how that went last year with Rattler. It usually takes a little while to get used to the, to the game. So uh, it's just really exciting. And I I agree. I think this is the, a team that on paper finally hold, you know, can stack up and, you know, has a real shot. Um, and then if the other, and then, we don't There aren't death star teams out there that there have been maybe the last couple of years um, that they'll have to be run into a buzzsaw in the playoff games. They
0: might be able to uh, really hold their own. Okay. So just given these narratives, I'm already, I'm already sort of in an interesting place, I think. And I'm mm-hmm. interested to see where else I can be taken on this journey. Um, because I think I'm starting to realize that this boredom this ennui i'm feeling i think it's a it's a it's a cover i think that what i actually am is afraid Yeah, valid <laughs> right because ready to be heard again <laughs> if this is the year then things better go right um right and that's that's a frightening prospect
1: sure well, well we- And I think one of the things with, with that, and I've been in that, that same boat for, for a long time, because, you know, it it is always scary to mark years as like, Oh shit, this is the year. I remember 2014 was supposed to be a year for us. You know, we were coming off the sugar bowl and then 2014 turned into one of the worst seasons we've had, you know what I mean? So 2021 is the year we've had marked for probably since 2018, 2019 is like a, a real chance. And One of the things that has calmed me down a bit in this regard is that we are recruiting better than we have to build. Like, we're recruiting better for future teams than we did to build this team in which we have a legit chance with, we think, right? (laughs) And as we go, you know, we talked about in our last football pod where we were talking about going to the SEC, like, yes, the road to get to where we need to go is going to be a lot harder but the talent that we're going to have to get there is going to be a lot better as we move to the sec. And so it kind of has been one of those things where obviously I want this year to be a breakthrough for us. I think we, we really need to win a playoff game, but it's not the end of the road for Lincoln Riley as OU's football coach. Um, if for whatever reason we wind up losing the first round of the playoffs again, you know what I mean? Um so to me that is one of those things where I'm I'm more excited than I am scared. Of course I'm scared of of losing to Texas. You know, I live in Austin now. It would suck a lot <laughs> for us to lose to Texas. Of course I'm scared to lose to some inferior Big 12 opponent, but um I I do think that, you know, it it doesn't have to be like this just crazy year where if it's now or never, I don't think that's the case. I think that the trajectory that we're on is, is going to lead to more years like this, hopefully more consistently to where it's not like you can count, you know, three or four years um, into the future where that's your year. Hopefully it's more like an every other year thing. Yeah, that I agree. That's kind of what I was thinking. I think this
2: was the year that we've been building to that we've reached a plane of being able to truly contend at that level. But now that we've ascended to that plane, assuming it doesn't go back down, it should be just be, you know, more, more often because we've, we reached a certain talent level. We've reached a certain, uh, ability level on both sides of the ball. And then it just becomes, you know, 2023. Okay. Now we have Caleb Williams in his second year and we have even more talent on defense and we have these other things. Okay. 2025. It's like, like you said, it's almost an every other year, maybe sort of thing. I don't know if we'll ever be a every year thing. It might be, I don't know. Um, but I think we've reached a level and this is kind of the first year that I feel comfortable enough saying, yes, I think we can go toe to toe with Alabama for four quarters in a, in a non-sugar bowl, like meaningful game. Um, And then, you know, and I think the way we're identifying talent and recruiting talent currently and with the coaches we currently have on staff, um, they'll stay at that level and they can continue doing this much more frequently because before this, it was really 2008 that was the last time that we were truly at an elite level um, and from a national perspective. Um, So, you know, and you mentioned in 2017, we had a shot that, I don't think that's a recipe that you think can uh be replicated very often <laughs> and um, there very rarely is a team that is that one-sided going to be able to win a championship. Um but I think this team is built better uh for for longer. You know, it, it's built with more uh, it's more sturdy
0: and how it can be supported. Yeah. Um yeah. I I um I think we've really. I think we've settled on the grand narrative of yep. this season, uh, and it. Like I said, I. I, I find it kind of frightening. Um, it's exciting, but you can do with Skip Bayless tweeting less—that would be nice. This. This is actually. This is a great example of what I mean when I say that. Like mm-hmm. this is frightening because <laughs> the thing about that skip tweet, um, which is apart from like the absurd, like I'm Skip Bayless confidence of it. I agreed yeah. with him. <laughs> like when he says that Spencer Rattler is probably going to win the Heisman, it's like, that is currently well, yeah. the smart thing to say. Like, I do think that Bill O'Brien is not as good a play caller as either Steve Sarkeesian or Lincoln Riley. Like, yeah, I, I do,
2: like, that was a weird hire to me. That, but yeah, I think that's, very that's, strange.
0: that's completely
2: tangential to the, <laughs> but I still kind of shake my head at that one. Because he doesn't even run what they were really running, so I don't know. Um,
0: Yeah,
1: but yeah, yeah. We this is one of those weird like we need Skip Bayless to be right about something, and right.
0: This is the thing is I'm agreeing with Skip Bayless, and it's terrifying.
2: Um, (laughs) yeah, just just be less confident about it.
1: I guess what I would say is that maybe this is an example of. It seems like narratives shift a lot slower in college football than they do in other sports. And Mm. so Skip Bayless saying that is like this, you know, it's like a cutting-edge take, I guess, that he's trying to have. But he's an Oklahoma fan, so he's already biased. True, 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 true. Um, But, you know, it's something that's going to rile people up because – the, just the average, there. not the average OU fan, but the average college football fan, the last time they cared about an OU football game, OU lost like 63 to 20 or 28, yeah. or whatever the score was of that game.
2: It was a lot to a little.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> so the fact that that is what those people that he's trying to rile up last saw, you know, mm-hmm. so maybe this is one of those examples of skip can actually be right just by being with the current times, well, rather than where most college football fans are a year, and I think from a narrative narrative, sh-
2: narrative shift is important because and not to continue pushing further down the position, you know discussions. But do you all remember what Clemsoning was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, we haven't heard about Clemsoning in you know six years. it's narrative shifts are important because once you get over that hump, once you can put to bed that kind of stuff. We can stop hearing about playoff losses all the, every time they mention OU on a national level, if they finally win a playoff game and certainly if they win a national title. So if they can get over that hump, it, um, then, you know, everything with the sec will be what it is, but just being, you know, talked about in a confident way and, you know, not being talked about with, you know, the OU version of Clemson name, that's, that's important from just the way the casual person perceives the football program.
1: Right. Absolutely. Uh, do we want to go to go ahead and talk about position groups?
0: Yeah, sure. And well, I'm just gonna, I'm just, uh, gonna sort of take this vaguely by how the, uh, sooner sports roster is listed out here. Um, with the except, I mean, except that it's actually listed out terribly, so I'm not going to do that. Um, but we're going to start with the secondary. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, going back with I also side. just want to talk about the fact that um, uh, the OU roster page is like ruined now. It's like they changed it and it sucks. Really, I'm really mad that it's not just a list.
1: Like, there's like drop-down think, menus for really? each player. It's. Yeah. I think there's a list view that you can get to. Yeah, I believe I, I am know. on list view. Are there? Are you? Okay. Um, well, let's talk about secondary here. Um, so in regards to the secondary, I think the the narrative or whatever, the storyline that I'm looking at going into this year is that there are very few old guard guys left. Um, you know, we had Buki transfer out. We had Trey Brown actually go pro um, so we're kind of into this, this world where a lot of the guys that we're going to see play this year were recruited by the current staff. Um, and there's, there's still some holdovers. I mean, you've got Delarian Turner yell and Pat fields at safety. We'll see how that goes. Jaden Davis is going to be in rotation at corner. So there's, there's still about three guys left. Um, but overall, I think you'll see a lot more size in the secondary, you know, I mean, Woody Washington had a really good year last year. He finally, like, honestly, just a little bit of a tangent on Woody Washington. I was fairly shocked by how good Woody Washington was at corner last year. Cause I remember going in when he like came to OU, I thought he was going to wind up being a safety to be honest. And he played safety last year. They moved him from inside to out it almost never goes that way. It's almost always yeah. outside in. So yeah. And he was he was great. You know, he did a yeah. lot of really nice things for us. Teams teams really favored throwing to the Trey Brown side. You know, they had a lot more success throwing to his side than they did throwing to a you know basically a freshman, you know, in Woody yeah. Washington. So he's gonna be a year older. DJ Graham's probably the most freaking talented corner we've had since at least Aaron Colvin. You know, like that dude probably. is is pretty ridiculously talented and you know, that's one of those really good evaluations by the coaching staff where he was, he was a three-star wide receiver come out of high school and they made him a defensive back and he's probably going to be a top three round pick in the NFL in a couple of years. Like he's super talented. Safety is probably the biggest question mark, maybe the biggest question mark on the whole team. Um, But as we say that, we are returning our two starters on the back end of the defense at safety Pat fields and DeLarian Turner yell. There's no reason to suspect that they're going to be worse than they have been. I know that they haven't been like superstar players. And I know we've complained about Pat fields, particularly quite a bit, but I mean, they're still going to be, you know, going into their third full year of starting experience, right? And yep. I think for the first time, we're going to have guys that are going to be able to spell them. I think Keyshawn Lawrence transfer from Tennessee, he looks exactly like you want a safety to look like. I think he's like 6'2, 215 pounds right now. Like he looks like a freaking safety at OU. Um, maybe Bryson Washington comes on, maybe even if it's just key Lawrence, if you rotate three safeties at two spots, you're still getting guys a fair amount of rest. And that's not Mm -hmm. something we've had the luxury of doing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm fairly excited by the direction of, of where this secondary is right now. And the last time we saw them play football was, you know, not necessarily like a super meaningful game, but in the spring game, I thought they looked pretty damn good. You know, like they were the windows that our quarterbacks were trying to throw into in that spring game were much, much smaller than the windows we've grown accustomed to. Yeah. It's,
2: yeah. To me, the question, if you're looking for a narrative of the secondary, to me, it's, are your safeties good enough to win a title? Um, I think I, I feel pretty good about corner, frankly, and which is weird because corner has less experience than safety does, but I feel, I think the talent's higher end, as you mentioned, you mentioned Woody Washington, uh, I, I, very much on the DJ Graham band club bandwagon. Um, I think there's a lot of death there. I think we have, you know, good, talented young players like uh, Justin Harrington, uh, Latrell McCutcheon, Josh Eaton, Jaden Davis has played a lot. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of names there. Safety's more up in the air. And we, from the last two years, we've seen Grinch is more reticent to rotate there. And some of that's just available people. But also I think he just, places a lot of value on dependability there and is willing to sacrifice playmaking for it. Um, and so the question I have is can Pat Fields and Diller and Turner win a title? I think Turner Yell, yes. I, I feel fairly confident that he is good enough to win a title with. I don't know about Pat Fields. I think he's the most susceptible to losing a spot, um, but I think that's the thing to watch throughout the season is how does safety play hold up? And whenever you start playing the more talented teams on your schedule, which strangely enough, it's like Iowa State. How does Iowa State hold up? Um, And then kind of with the safety mold, what does Nickel look like this year? Buki's gone. Uh, Is Cradell – they've talked up Cradell a lot, Jeremiah Cradell. Is he really as good as they've been kind of hyping him up to be? Can Billy Bowman steal his job? You know, that's another thing to watch. I'm curious to see how Nickel shakes out. Um, I think they're going to probably rotate those two a lot and just kind of let it sort of itself out on the field. So that's really what I'll
0: be watching. Okay. I think that's compelling for the secondary. Yeah.
1: Okay, can, I say one, can I say one last thing yes. real quick? I, I do think fields is the concern, right? Um, yeah. He's also like a huge leader of the defense. I don't think that there will be a situation where he loses his starting position, but I do think that by the end of the season, He's going to be getting less than 50% of the snaps at his spot. He's going to be rotating a lot. Yeah. I think it'll be a situation where fields, if anything becomes the third safety and key Lawrence will be that guy. um, Because the the reviews on him are, are super good and he seems like a also kind of a leadership type guy. He, He seems to have a really good personality. So I think that that's, a likely change that can hopefully fix this issue that we kind of came up with, you know?
0: Yeah. I think that's interesting. So watch Pat fields and key Lawrence. That's our take on the
1: secondary. That's where it's going
0: to be interesting. And nickel, obviously.
1: Right. Yeah. Billy Bowman might be the bookie that we, he might be the good bookie, right? Like the guy <laughs> the that good
0: bookie coming yeah. to TNT.
1: Do you guys, do you remember <laughs> how freaking excited we were about Buki? Yeah, you? yeah. I, I, oh, oh, yeah. I
2: remember. Yeah. I remember saying he's going to be a captain by his junior year instead. Like yeah. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: Dude, Ryan and I were reckless on some pods.
0: We were him. like, this guy, this is what a five star
1: does yeah. to your
0: program.
1: Right. Exactly. I remember those exact words happening. Yeah. Man, we uh we missed well, that but one, but so did in so your did defense,
2: I was going to say, in your defense, the way they were talking about him that summer, uh, I mean, you had no other take to right. You had to say that because that's how they talked about him.
0: So yeah, I mean, we watched him in the Army All American
1: game where he got an interception on Trevor Lawrence. You know, so yeah. Now we
0: we were just I, like he
1: went up. And he took it. Right. Yeah. This was amazing. He's, he's, to us at the he's prime. He's prime honey badger. Apparently that's, that's what we were going with back then. But it was, it was a good play. It was a great play. He, play. he is that. so
0: capable of being involved on the football. football. <laughs> this <laughs> okay. is why
1: he is going to be the nickel of the future. Right. Right. Man, we, 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 uh, we missed that one. Uh, um, right. Linebacker. Nathan, Line- what is, backer what's the uh what's the narrative at linebacker nathan uh for inside backer to me it's how the hell are they going to get
2: all these guys on the field um they have like six inside linebackers like that can actually play so how are they going to rotate <laughs> to me that's honestly the question imagine um, that
1: sentence three years ago yeah for real <laughs> uh
2: i think if you're an ou fan what you want to happen is you want david Aguebu and brian Asamoa as your starters um by the end of the season I don't know if it's going to start that way I, I you know no offense to Deshaun white um I, I think he they talked about him having like an incredible spring and everything and I think he's got a lot of trust with the coaches he's very dependable um but I think from a talent standpoint you're hoping for agweibu and Asamoah to separate themselves um but frankly from a unit standpoint is how the hell do you get all these guys on the field you have Let's, let's list them off. You have David Aguebu, Brian Osamoa, Deshaun White, Caleb Kelly, Shane Witter. And then uh, you have Danny Stutzman that's come in that's getting, you know, just talked about. They're just gushing about Danny Stutzman. You know, Jamal Morris plays, um, um, especially on special teams. That's seven. Uh, they'll, they could truly be rotating five to six guys at two spots.
1: Um, One of the names that did not come up in that list is Brian, right? Like that was a guy that in 2019 Kenneth Murray missed like two plays in the national championship game. And Brian freaking was our third linebacker to mm -hmm. go on the field. You know what I mean? So it, and he's, it's not like he's not on the roster. He's still here somehow for some reason still here. And he's like number seven now or eight. Mm -hmm. He's not going to play. So Um, really incredible stuff from Brian Odom because, you know, the, you know, Danny Stutzman and Shane Witter, those guys were three-star guys. And they both like in 2022, 2023, they're going to be like starter type players. So Mm -hmm. um, it's really cool to see that development and Caleb Kelly. That was a guy that when he was a freshman and sophomore was like a future savior of the defense type guy, you know, and now, he might be our fifth linebacker. I hope, he isn't. Right. I hope he gets to play a little bit more than that, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's number five. On yeah. The I will he say that's
0: knees, so. <laughs> this, this is the thing about Caleb Kelly that I think this is to me a uh, story. Like I feel good story on, I guess in the linebacking core is I just really hope we get to see Caleb Kelly play and he doesn't get hurt again. <laughs> like I really, yeah, hope real. that. Uh, speaking of another former five-star guy whom we were just like, you can see the difference. Yeah, right.
1: Was, um that was like one of the few things that we came out of 2016 and 2017 saying about that defense was that you know Kalo Kelly is is a five-star talent, right? Mm-hmm. He's had a rocky career, he's played for some shitty coaches, and the
2: man played for Bob Stoops. That's how old he is.
1: He played he's one of the few <laughs> guys on the roster that played for Bob Stoops. So. yeah, he,
0: God, I remember I remember when he committed, God. Yeah,
1: me too. I think he was a signing day guy. Yeah, he was. Like a, he was us at Notre Dame. Yeah, back mm-hmm. in the day, like like a real signing day, not like the early signing day. Yeah, yeah, Don't
0: worry. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, man, he is old. Yeah, which um, makes us very old. So yeah,
0: extremely. Yeah, because we were already in college when that right. happened.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, the other thing about Caleb Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> <right. laughs> Um, The other thing with Caleb Kelly is, um, I mean, like Nathan said, like he doesn't really have knees anymore. So that's obviously a challenge, Uh, but he's also an adult. Like, (laughs) so if he has like function, like if he still has like functional mobility, like I like there's, you can't discount the degree to which he is an adult. He will be just pummeling teenagers, Like he, he still looks the part, like physically, he looks good. He's just, you know,
2: I don't know how fast he is still, but I mean, he looks the part,
1: but is he 24 now? 24,
0: 23
1: youngest. This is year six for him. So Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I, I mean, and we're talking about these guys and Nathan is 100% right. We want David Aguilabra and Brian Asimo to start. Yeah, so those yeah. two guys are going to be the best playmakers of the group. They might not be the yeah. most solid football players. I think guys like Kelly and Deshaun White might be the most like assignment sound guys of the group. Yeah. But when it comes to like making plays on a football field and when it comes to just, if you look at who's out there, who do you want to see just from a physical yeah. standpoint, it's they're the like, most
2: athletic David,
1: David Agwebu is physically more impressive than Kenneth Murray, right, who was a freak of nature. You know what I mean? So David Aguebu was unbelievable. And the things that he showed last year in his first year of ever playing middle linebacker, like, mm-hmm. he's a different kind of guy. Like, and I he, thought that move,
2: like, I did not take it seriously whenever they –
1: I didn't either. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was a really mm-hmm. dumb move because, hey, we didn't know how good Nick Benito was. True. And even if we did, we didn't know that we were going to have depth at that position. But, hey, that's why you trust good coaches. I'm not saying you yeah. trust every coach, but you trust good coaches like Brian Odom and Alex Grinch. Like, those guys know what the fuck they're doing, and they might have gotten us another All-American middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I will say, though, about this position is I don't think it's the end of the world if Asamoa and Agwebu don't. Like if, let's say Deshaun White really turned a corner and he's going to play up to his potential all the time. And yeah. Caleb Kelly is, still has the speed and he's just as solid as can be as a, as an adult playing linebacker. And maybe those two guys are the are the guys, the starters that, you know, will rotate obviously. But it'd be really great to have Agwebu and Asamoa back next week. That'd be <laughs>
0: Yeah,
2: would be really great. Wouldn't suck.
1: You know, I mean, with the
2: COVID year, I mean, White could come back theoretically. So. Yeah,
1: theoretically. Right. But um, if we could go into 2022 and have Agwebu and Asamoa as like the guys at linebacker, I'd be I'd be feeling pretty damn. That. Yeah. So, um, I guess if you're if you're an OU fan, root for Deshaun White and Caleb Kelly to just be like too good to for Asamoa and Agwebu to beat them out. Um D-line.
0: D-line. Um, Quick, I guess, like the recap on linebackers is um, it's just lots of guys. Um, yeah, how do you play them all? And it's old guys and young guys, and you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. With the defensive line, I just want to start you going Can, I, can we just or? like take a moment of silence for Perion Winfrey? Um, just give him the respect he deserves. I am, I think just the photos of him from this summer. Like I am ready to believe that he's the next Tommy Harris. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, are you sure that the fear you f- you feel towards the season is not just because you've seen pictures of Perry on Winfrey, his eyes
0: in every photo, he finds the camera and <laughs> stares at it with death in his eyes. That's yeah, awesome. Oh my God. Um, no, Perrion Wimfrey looks really good. Uh, he's not the only one, so let's yeah. get into it.
1: So you know, I think the OU coaches, um, I think Alex Grinch is expecting rotate fourteen guys across three positions, which just hilarious to think about because you know that 2017 team we talked about, where we actually did have a legit chance to win a national title. What was it like six or seven? C.J. E. Ward was six or seven across that group. Uh,
2: maybe. Yeah, it wasn't good.
1: Obo had to play every snap, and he almost died against Texas. Like,
2: yeah, that's what I. That's what I always think of in that season defensively. Not even the Georgia game. I think of Obo just like lying on the field flat because he was so exhausted.
1: Right. Um. Yeah, and as that season went, Obo was a great player. Obo would yeah, be fantastic in this defense. But as that season went along, Oboe got significantly less effective because he was just getting run into the ground. Yeah. People are not built to play as much as he did. Yeah, you shouldn't be playing 100 snaps. No. And this defense, these guys are going to be like our best players. Perryon Winfrey, Nick Benito, they're going to be able to play like 40 snaps a game. Mm -hmm. And they're going to go balls to the wall while they're out there. And that's Mm going to be a problem. You're not going to have to worry about motor problems for most of these guys. If you do, if you do see a guy with motor problems, then that is a, that's a big problem for that guy because they're not giving hundred percent effort. It's not because they're tired. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, with Perry on Winfrey, one of the big things with him last year was consistency and finishing plays. Like he would get in great positions and he wasn't finishing the plays. Um, I think he's going to take that next step. You know, one of yeah. the things that really impressed me with Winfrey is that when it came time to, you know, we last year, you know, we always, you always go through postseason, you go through the few weeks where it's like, shit, is this guy going to go pro or is this guy going guy to gonna come back? And just the fact that Winfrey had enough awareness to not be a guy that really considered going pro that heavily, like he seemed to be pretty solid in coming back for most of that process that to me showed an awareness of where he is as a player and what he needs to get better at. Mm-hmm. And everything we've heard from anyone that will say anything is that he's focused and ready to do that because Perion Winfrey is fucking crazy. He is a crazy, pr- it's not just the eyes. It's just not just the looks that he's like, Oh, he looks great. He is actually that guy. Mm-hmm. He is a guy that on recruiting trips got arrested for jumping on the hoods of cars. Yeah. That's <laughs> weird shit. He's fucking weird That's and true. he's crazy and he's awesome. Yeah. But
0: you can follow while, him on TikTok at P Go Crazy. Exactly
1: right. I it's, didn't know that. All of that said, <laughs> all of that said, this guy is the guy they're talking about being fully focused and ready to go for this season. I think he's yeah. gonna have a really monster season, and it's not just him. You know, we're gonna play eight. Guys in the interior of the defensive line, you know, let's list them out for, for everyone. Shall we At nose guard looking at Perion Winfrey, Jordan Kelly, Isaiah Coe, Corey Roberson. Okay. All four of those guys, Isaiah Coe highly touted Juco guy. He's the least proven of the group. Jordan Kelly and Corey Roberson both played a lot last year and they mm-hmm. have a lot of ability uh, at the other spot, defensive tackle Jalen Redmond, who we'll talk more about in a minute. Uh, Laron Stokes, former Big 12 newcomer of the year, who, yeah. by the way, have you, Ryan, have you seen pictures of Laron Stokes recently?
0: I have, he's a large man,
1: he's gotten <laughs> so much bigger. It's insane. Like that dude, literally in the Peach Bowl, was playing outside defensive end, and yeah. now he just he looks like a freaking defensive tackle. It's awesome, you know. So, we've got Jalen Redmond. Well, Ron Stokes, um, Joshua Ellison, had a great season last year. Also a guy that, if you look at him, has changed his body physically, right?
2: Had a great spring, too.
1: Great spring. Everything about Joshua Ellison has been really positive. And then we'll throw in another guy, Kelvin Gilliam, who's a true freshman, who was probably the most impressive-looking freshman defensive lineman we've had since – I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know.
2: I don't yeah, it's been a while
1: for you. I don't have a name for you. Maybe Gerald McCoy. Who Who knows? But um, so he's a guy that, you know, he's going to be like the he's probably not going to play a lot, but he's capable of playing because he is so physically impressive. He's the kind of guy that in 2017, if he had come in looking like this, you'd be like, oh, yeah, he's going to start. <laughs> yeah. And now he's fourth string, you know, so unbelievable job by Calvin Thibodeau. Um, to recruit all these guys, Jamar Mm -hmm. Cain, obviously as well on the outside, Nick Benito is, he's like a preseason all American, you know? yeah. I can't remember what it was. I think the last preseason all American we had was, was it Tony Jefferson in like 2012 or something that we I didn't even know
2: that. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. It was, it's almost been 10 years since we had a preseason all American on defense Uh, behind him, Marcus Stripling moved over from defensive end to be Mm -hmm. a rush linebacker. And Clayton Smith, that guy, five-star recruit, you know, I think he's the kind of guy that probably won't play a ton this year, but in like two years, he's going to make us forget about Nick Benito. Okay. Like ridiculous ridiculous talent, absolutely ridiculous talent. And on the other end, Isaiah Thomas might be our best defensive lineman. He might, he legitimately might be, you know, and he's no, like not as not, not talked (laughs) about all that much. And behind him, Reggie Grimes might be the most talented defensive lineman we have. Mm-hmm. And we're just now mentioning. Dude looks like a freaking monster out there. And then behind, you know, Ethan Downs is apparently having a great season or a great, you know, camp as a true freshman. He's probably going to be the third stringer at that position. There's just, and there's guys there's, we haven't mentioned, right? Yeah, so, there's like, a ton of names. Ridiculous. And um, to me, the overriding
2: question or theme of this unit is, I think if OU went a national title, this is, Along with Rattler, this is the unit that will be the most important in getting them there. Um, as far as just excellence, I don't know if they're the X factor unit, but I think they're the unit that can push them that way. Um, just because they have waves of guys, and they have a lot, and it's not just bodies; it's quality bodies. Um, and I think they're top four. I don't know all of the defensive lines in the country, but I would be, I think you'd be hard pressed to find one. That's better or, uh, than that for, um, I just think it's, I think it's excellent. And what I really find exciting about this group is there are a lot of teams that can generate pass rush from the edges. Um, a lot of our pass rush is going to be from the middle. And that is really hard to defend against if you have pass rush up the middle. Um, I have bought wholesale, or I've, you know, I'm, I'm fully on the perrion on Winfrey bandwagon. Um, I was last year. I th- I think I, whenever he said he's coming back, he'd be first rounder. I still believe that. Um, I just I think he's tailor made for what Grinch wants to do at that spot, and I think he's poised for just an absolutely huge year. Um, I, I'm I'm just extremely excited to see what this group does, and I think that's the that's the sell. that's how you sell people on them is this is the group that can um elevate the OU defense to you know nationally you know respected and you know top 15 levels and can help them win number eight
1: and this also you know is a unit that you know like I think you know everything you said is is spot on and that they're going to be a ceiling razor, right? As the defensive line goes, the ceiling goes for, for Oklahoma. But I also really like the impact that they should have on the floor for OU. Um, you know, every yeah. year for the past fucking 10 years, we've had one inexplicable loss, one loss mm-hmm. that we should just not have against an inferior opponent if you have a defensive line that's fucking killing the other team up front for the entire game because you have 14 guys that you're throwing at them. Yeah. You're not going to lose to some shit ass team like Kansas State. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Iowa State, their offensive line's nothing special. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't give a fuck about their five star hearts. Like they're a bunch of Iowa guys, right? So if, if our defensive line takes the step that we think they are and they have the depth that we have, there's no team in the Big 12 that's going to be able to handle it. Like, it's just not going to be good for anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying every game is going to be like last year against Kansas because that was, like, dangerous. They almost killed a guy. They Yeah, that was actually dangerous. Mm-hmm. But we're going to be putting pressure on quarterbacks. We're going to be stopping the run. And if you dominate – the of scrimmage as consistently as I think this group is going to, you're not going to have, you're not going to have those really stupid losses.
2: One other, one other thing I like about them is there's a lot of leadership in that unit. Um, I think I'd say Thomas is probably going to be a captain. They've talked about uh, Thibodeau talked about Winfrey being a guy that really, you know, pushes those around him. And Lincoln actually said today, he's like one of the most beloved members of the team, which was kind of cool. I didn't know that. So you know, I, I think there's a lot of um, leadership ability in that group. And I think I really think they're going to lead, you know, from the front forward. Um, but you can say that about that's the weird thing. We're starting with the defense. And in a way, I feel more confident about the defense than I do the offense, just because so much of it is more proven. Um, but there's just a lot of I like there's a lot of leadership, a lot of guys that I feel are confident. Or uh, have proven to be, you know, to have those qualities. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited. It's been a while since I've gone into a season like confident in the, in the defense. It's probably honestly, it's like when Brent was here. So I'm I'm excited.
0: Uh, before we leave the defensive line, since I know Alex mentioned him and said we were going to talk about him, and then we haven't talked about him yet. Um, oh no. That. no! I I do have to just I do have to just do the Jalen Redmond meme. Um, just a quick reminder of the Jalen Redman timeline in 2016, he was a basketball player uh, in 2017. He was being recruited as like a rush linebacker. Um, it's 2021 now and he weighs 280 pounds.
1: Yeah. He's a defensive tackle. And and with him, I think the biggest deal with Jalen Redman is that he hasn't been a storyline this off season. For yeah. The first time ever. He's just a guy, a normal guy on the team. You know, he has, there's been no health concerns so far and no weird stories about him. Oh, he's actually 340 pounds. He's way out of shape. Like no, he seems to have like really locked in and gotten into shape. And, you know, I mentioned Reggie Grimes might be the most talented guy. Jalen Redman also in that conversation, like that guy just from an athleticism standpoint, he's not the prototype from a size, from a height standpoint at that defensive tackle spot. But this is a guy that two years ago, brand new to that position, led the team in sacks on mm-hmm. a, a team that got a fair amount of sacks. It wasn't like there was, you know, it wasn't like a Kenneth Man situation where he led the team in sacks with like four. You know, <laughs> this was, this was Jalen Redmond being a consistent problem in that Baylor game in 2019. That dude was a massive problem for Baylor to block. They they had no answers for him. And so if this is a guy that two years later is finally fully healthy, he's battled injuries his entire career. He's finally fully healthy and in shape. Like he's an NFL player. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's no doubt in my mind. He's probably not like a first-round pick or anything because of his size and his injury concerns. But he's a guy that's going to probably leave after this year and get drafted if he has the kind of season that – he should have. And so I'm, I am pumped to see, Um, he's, he can truly be a game changer for this defense. And the fact, like, if you just look at where he is lined up defensively, he's going to be between Nick Benito and Perry and Winfrey. Yeah. Both of those guys might be guys that are getting double teamed. And if he's going up against single coverage and blocking again, in the big 12, big 12 is not a strong offensive line conference. It just is not. He's going to murder guys, and he's going to get to the backfield and murder more guys. So yeah. I'm, I'm very excited.
0: All right. So we got the we got the Jalen Redman talk out of the way. Just really excited to have him back. Um, made probably a smart decision last year to sit out uh, because of COVID. Um, and, um, I mean, we saw how great the line was even without him last year. And uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: a lot of those guys are back. Now he's here, and now there's more guys. The it's an embarrassment of riches on the defensive line, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we should talk about the offense now. Yeah. Let's start at the line, Okay. which coming into this is weird for me because this is a position that I feel like should be fine, and yet is maybe the position I'm most concerned about, maybe the unit where I'm like, well let's make sure that we have this figured out about yeah
1: i think we're going to learn a lot about bill this year because in the last really the last two years have not been it's been really interesting to listen to him talk because last year he was actually really high on what the group could be and what they were doing. um and then they just were it was probably the worst offensive line we had so um we're going to learn a lot about you know whether or not bill job that this year um very confident he threw out the year 28 in terms of you know last time he was this confident so uh, which is wild because Lincoln are,
2: said something like that at uh, media days also
1: did he really yeah so that's fantastic like I mean we did not get that from what's pretty high on the group like this is a weird group because young you know like we lost Creed Humphrey we lost you know mm-hmm. so you know we have experienced several positions but we're going to be breaking in a new center. Everything that we've heard, everything you know, Bill Be to, It's gonna be. I think he's yeah. gonna be really freaking good at that. I think Creed Humphrey was Eden Bose like guy at that position. I think that next guy.
2: He's yeah, undoubtedly he's, yeah, he's, he's <laughs> he loves hearing.
1: He has everything yeah. you want from an offensive lineman, and honestly, I think that there's a situation where if if last year hadn't been so weird, and there had been more opportunities, like. Ray might have found his way onto the field last year if it hadn't been. So um, I've, I've become pretty confident about him as the center. Um, He's got the size, he's got the smarts, he's got everything. So uh, Marquise Hayes, we need him to play better than he did last year. You know, everything has been good on him and says he's doing what he's supposed to. Do. Anton Harrison was a guy that played last year as a true fra true frat, true freshman. Everyone's talking about how he had one of the best summers they've ever seen an offensive lineman have. So that seems yeah. really great as well. So that's your left tackle, left guard and center pretty much locked up already. Now I had no fucking idea what the right side of this offensive line is. Bill Bedenboe's super confident. I am less so.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it could be a combination of things. It could be, you know, Tyrese Robinson was the starter at right guard last year. But does he kick out to right tackle? Do they start Chris Murray at right guard? Uh, does Eric Swinson, you know, the Sooner fans, you know, favorite whipping, you know, favorite person to, you know, blame everything on. Um, does he start at right tackle? Does Wanya Morris kick switch from left tackle to right tackle at some point? You know, there's there are options. We don't know which one's going to take hold. I, I think if they were to play just from what I've read and what I've heard, if they were to play this week, I think Tyrese would be the right tackle. But I don't know if that's going to be the case in two weeks. Um, I think if you're an OU fan, what you hope happens by the end of the year is that Juan J. Morris has somehow found his way into that other tackle spot. Um, I don't know if it's going to start that way. I don't even know if it's going to be that by Texas. But I think that's what you're hoping for because uh, the long term because he's your most talented other tackle besides Anton Harrison. So I think this is one that's going to be a little bit of a work in progress. But if you remember 2016 through 2018, those lines were never truly settled um, until about Texas anyway. Do you guys remember the offensive line that we started against Houston in 2016?
1: I do. I remember everything.
2: (laughs) That offensive line had Alex Dalton starting at right guard. Drew Samia, was a Drew Samia as right tackle. Jonathan uh, had Jonathan Alvarez. Um, so, I mean, Jonathan Alvarez started over Creed. People seem to forget that Jonathan Alvarez started over Creed for like four or five games uh, in 2018. Yeah. Uh, there was a battle between him and Eric Wren in 2017. Eric Wren didn't really take hold of that job until, you know, into the season. So the point is, it doesn't have to be ironed out the very first week. It almost certainly won't be. It's just, can they continue getting better throughout the, you know, throughout the season? And can they land on their most talented best five guys that can handle the elite edge rushers that they're going to see in the playoff if they make it that far, that's what has to happen. And I mentioned that I think the defensive line is the unit that can be over the overwhelming, excellent unit to put them over the top. I think, and I, but I did, I said I don't think they're the X factor. I think the offensive line is the X factor of the team. Um, I think the offensive line can either play ha- as it has been the last two years and just be good enough to maybe make it to the playoff, or it can revert or ascend back to the 2018, 20 through, you know, 2016 through 2018 levels and be good enough to win the thing. I think that's kind of it's your variable there. So
1: let's just um, say this if the, if this offensive line is as good as 2018's offensive line we're going to win every big 10 12 game by about 45 points
2: <laughs> even if it's 2016 offensive line i think that's good enough yeah
1: so and then we're going to win the national if this offensive line
2: is as good as 20, we're going to win yeah i don't think it'll be as good as 2018 but i would take 2016 i
0: would be happy god both of you knock on some wood okay good yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so I just, I do want to, since this is really the first, have true question marks and we don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah. I wanna, I, Nathan, what do you predict is going to happen? Not what do you want to happen? We talked about Wanye Morris starting there. What do yeah. you think will happen? Barring injury.
2: The fir- for the first game or by the end of the year?
1: End of the season. Playoff? Uh,
2: I. It's really hard because I don't know much about Wanye. Um, if I were to guess, I think Tyrese starts at right tackle at the end of the year and it's Chris Murray Tyrese. I think that's my best guess, but I can definitely see if they're struggling that Bill starts getting creative and Juan Yeh somehow finds his way out there. So I could see that happening.
1: I think I think it's gonna be Tyrese as well, because I think Tyrese is gonna tackle.
2: Yeah, he's athletic enough to do it. So
1: He's athletic enough. I think he's he could be a poor man's Isaiah win. So. Yeah, his problem so far in his career has been more on the physical side. He's been a dumbass one. Yeah. The
2: but thing I like athletic hearing athletic about athletic the athletic. two interior guys, well, Hayes and Robinson, is they both are pretty upfront about last year. They just weren't in good enough shape, which understandable, you know, COVID. Um, they didn't get spring. They didn't really get a, a real summer. So, um, you know, I, I, I think the most likely scenario, what I was, well, what I was going to say is they both have addressed that and it said that they're in the best shape they've been in and they're taking it seriously. So I think that's positive. Um, and I think the most likely scenario, if I had to guess was that Robinson will start at right tackle and Chris Murray will start at right guard, which I thought Murray looked pretty good at guard last year, um, in his limited. You know availability so
1: he's a talented guy i mean he's a guy that has plenty of of starting experience in division yeah he's at he's he's a good athlete Mm -hmm. um i i think it's gonna be tyrese robinson i think we're gonna be nervous as fuck going into the playoff yeah the elite of the elite defense yeah rushers and i think tyrese robinson has an opportunity to shut us all up i really do i think he could be really good at this um and just make us all look wrong well i hope he does I did too. I did too. And guess what? He's going up against Isaiah Thomas and Nick Benito in practice. So he's going up against really good players. So it's not like it's not like past offensive lines that were honing their skills against Dylan Fama And (laughs) oh my God. I haven't thought about him in a while. Right. Yeah. 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 It's it's a different kind of thing. Um, Yeah. receivers.
0: Ryan. Yeah. I guess we'll go to HVACs and receivers. I think that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Well, so what's the narrative here?
0: For
2: HBACs, there's only three of them. So please, God, stay healthy. Um, (laughs) So I think, no, I think the narrative is um, can Stogner get back, become healthy in himself again and, you know, be 85% of what Mark Andrews was, you know, be an all Big 12 tight end. Can Stogner take that step? Um, you know, I've never... I'm sure it, it happens every now and then, but I can't think of a time where, like, a strep infection took hold of someone's football injury. I, I'm sure it has happened, but that is a very rare thing. That's
1: really
0: so, scary.
2: Yeah. yeah. And he lost, um, like, 30 pounds or whatever, so... Yeah.
0: Weird that Jeremiah Howell's still on this football team. I'll say that. Yeah? It's weird, but Bullfrog, happy yeah. to have him here.
1: And he's, like the leader you know he's yeah like, he's a leader, gonna huh?
2: be a captain probably
1: yeah no it's really cool
2: um brayden willis looks like a damn dude um oh my god he got it. <laughs> so i think he's gonna
1: he's poised for a big year because he's gonna get to play a lot um finally finally getting mm-hmm. what i'll say with with austin stagner is that he was always gonna have to do things differently than mark andrews because he's just not that kind of athlete um andrews is, yeah andrews was a wide receiver in high school and he Converted to tight end, just a higher level of athleticism. But right. with Stogner, that he's going to have to—he did not do a good job of this last year. Is he's got to do better in contested catch? So, you no. know what I mean that's how he becomes eighty-five percent because he's mm-hmm. just not yeah. going to do it from a route running and an athletic. He season. needs
0: to realize how big he is. <laughs> <laughs> this, this by the way, out. was going to be my my cynical uh, question to pose to this broader um, position group. Is um are they going to catch the damn ball this year? Um, what was it? Nine, touchdowns? nine
1: touchdowns. Quite a lot that they dropped. I mean, Stogner uh, probably had the most important job of the season when he dropped that third down against Texas. You know, I And mean? yeah. Luckily, we still won. there's a good
2: play call, all of you at home yeah, that were bitching about it.
1: Absolutely, it was. He just dropped it. So Stogner has to just—he has to play better. He has to be more physical. He's got to just step up. And and make contested catches. I'm not worried. I think Jeremiah Hall is going to be great. He's always been yeah. super effective. Braden Willis just stay healthy, and he's a great blocker. He's pretty good receiver. Like I, I feel good about those. It's Stogner that's got to make the step, and and hopefully. Yeah, um, I agree. Now at wide receiver, last year as as Ryan alluded, they definitely had problems catching the football, um, but how they might top to bottom be the most talent skill pos- or position group on the whole just from a pure like get the freaking stars next to their name and i know that's not the end all be all well just look at them like running around the field have you seen yeah. the
2: pictures they all look incredible yeah um do. certainly somebody can actually play <laughs> so yeah. um yeah I, I think the the narrative here is you know i mean it's it's a pretty basic one but can they live up to their billing you know right. um Can they, you know, match what their expectations are? I think Marvin Mims is the obvious guy, guy that is probably your star. Um, But I think Jaden Hazelwood, Theo Weiss could, could, will probably be your other two starters. And they're extremely talented, both of them. Theo Weiss has gotten a lot stronger because he had an injury in the spring. So let him work on his upper body. You can tell Hazelwood is his, is he back from his knee injury? Does he trust it? Is he playing hundred percent, you know, speed? Uh, it's, you know, early reports out of camp seem to be pretty good on that. So we'll, we we'll just have to see, you know, you never really know till you see him. but I think that's the, that's the thing. And I think Mike Woods, you know, he looks great physically coming out of Arkansas. He's very productive in the sec on a really shitty team. And people like to say, oh, he is their number two receiver. Well, their number one receiver is going to be a first rounder. So I don't, I mean, Traylon Burks is, like, a dude, so let's not get too critical about that. Um, And Mario Williams, like, everyone's just, like, gushing about Mario Williams. So there's a lot of talent in that room. Um, I feel pretty confident that it'll shake out okay and they'll get back to form.
1: Yeah. To me, it comes down to Jaden Hazel, you know? Like,
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: That guy is the most talented. His high school film was absurdly. He's the kind of guy we've talked about before. He should be the kind of do-it-all type receiver where great as a possession guy. You can throw him a bubble screen if you need to when he's Mm -hmm. strong enough. Very physical runner. Kind of runs like Mm -hmm. a running back. Yeah. Has like a running back lower body. He can go up and get it down the field if you need him to. He can go up and get it in the red zone. That's the kind of guy that he was in high school. That's the kind of guy he's supposed to.
2: um, And they had a peg... To do that last year. They the staff, you know, supposedly was expecting him to be their guy last year and then he tore his ACL. So
1: right, right. So this, if he is that guy, this offense is gonna be really hard to stop. Yeah. Really, like truly. Because Marvin men's is I'm not worried even remotely about Marvin. Menz. And one of the things I do like about Marvin men's is that he does seem to be like a pretty low maintenance guy. Like he's not your typical receiver personality, which yeah,
2: that's probably true.
1: That dude was the most productive high school receiver ever Stanford quite. So. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he, I mean, the fact that his mentality going into the season is that like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to run my routes and if I get the ball, great. If I don't, I know someone else really, and
2: they're, you know, and they're playing him in the slot, which is really interesting. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. playing him in the slot he's going to be the best slot receiver we've had since Sterling Shepard you know which is
2: not saying a lot because i mean just go through our slot receivers right. <laughs> Nick Basquin not- and Miles Tease. and <laughs> but
1: walk-off. still it's been a walk off yeah. was the at the slot receiver and those guys are Drake definitely- Stoops is not- there to
2: lend the a- bullet so yeah
0: right not enough drake stoops talk so <laughs> far i would say
1: i would say t- this t- is
0: the guy he won i mean he won the Red River game last I was gonna say he's I don't the Texas. Really Euro. understand? Seems to me like this is his position group, and he's gonna be a captain.
1: <laughs> too much yeah. stress. With that, um,
0: <laughs> he's gonna return
2: punts too. So,
1: <laughs> I the guy that I'm. I'm probably the most interested to see out of this entire group is. Mike Woods, um, because he's he is a bona fide deep threat. Like that's what he did at Arkansas. Yeah, like twenty yards a catch. He can be that guy that takes the top off the um Theo Weiss is not that guy. Marvin Mims, is, um, I think Hazelwood can't be at times.
2: I think in our perfect world, Theo Weiss becomes like you know Uber Geno Lewis. Like I was about to say the <laughs> <that> same thing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I want. That's what I want from him. I want him to be our possession receiver of all
0: possession receivers. So. Right. Well, the problem with that is that he was the one doing all the damn dropping of the ball last year. Well, you know, <laughs> catching the ball is hard, so he's got to fix that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so. I have faith in Theo that he's able to catch the ball. God yeah. knows he did that for I me. Mean, a, a really astonishing guys, so. number of times in high school. So really, yeah. I think you know. I just think
2: there's a, there's so much talent, and they have a quarterback that can. It's extremely accurate. I just. I'm buying. I'm buying on talent. It's why I'm high. We'll get to this later. But it's why I'm high on Georgia this year. I just believe in talent. So um, I think in the end, talent wins out. So yeah.
1: Now I we're we're so freaking deep. We're talented, and like the thing about it is, like you know, we're basically talking about two guys in each of those spots across mm-hmm. the board. You know, so that's six really reliable players. And then behind them are we've got four star guys that are just waiting their turn right now. And right.
2: Trey West. Don't and forget. Trey Brown West. They were, the the sun, the prodigal son is back.
1: Yeah. So. Thank God he's back. You know, he actually <laughs> he dropped a pass in the sugar bowl too. Um I don't
2: even remember that. So.
1: Yeah, so we have we have the talent to to have the season that we and what I'll say is if our receivers play up to our potential. And I'll keep going back to this. If the offensive line plays at 2018 levels, this is going to be the best offense we've had at OU. I'm dead serious that. Combined with a ridiculous – we're going to win every Big 12 game by 55 points. <laughs> you know, the number keeps going up as we get yeah. into position gears. Mm-hmm. If they reach that potential
0: we It'll be 70 win. by the end of this.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it will because we're getting to our two
0: best, so. Yeah. All right, yeah, let's get to the mercenaries, uh, the backs. Um, The running back room is really weird because I think it's (laughs) very different than I think we would have said it would be two years ago.
2: It's very different than we would have said it would have been like, you know, six months ago.
1: Yeah. We had a lot of turnover. What a weird offseason. And it was like all running back, kept getting hit. Um, So I think that... And I had a question I was going to, was going to pose um, this question, to you guys, because, you know, we just saw Ramondre Stevenson, the pros go for 91 yards, which mm-hmm. was great. Ramondre Stevenson, his last game at OU was incredible. It's torch Florida. He was great last year. So my question is, is Ramond, is, could Ramondre Stevenson going to the NFL wind up being a net positive for this offense? Because. I think Eric Gray is a better fit in this offense, potentially, mm-hmm. than Ramondre Stevens. I think they would have been a
2: really good compliment to each other. So,
1: but the pro like we probably don't get Eric Gray if Ramondre. That's I don't know. That's a good for. point. That's the assumption I'm going for.
2: See, the way I think about it is, I think of if Kennedy had not opted out last year, we would have Ramondre this year, and Kennedy would be gone. So, do, would we still get Eric Gray in that scenario? And then we'd have Eric Gray and Ramondre.
1: Basically, I'm just saying pick between Ramondre and Eric Gray. And I know that we know more about Ramondre and it's easier to say, but I think there is a potential well, scenario that this – I love Eric Gray. Oh. Yeah.
2: And if, if, if some people recall, whenever he was initially in the transfer portal, I was very um, on board with it. And there were some uh, reporters that were questioning why we would take him that have since changed their tune so um it's <laughs> he was tennessee's best player so uh he he's a good player and i think he's a really good fit as you said he can split out wide he runs really hard he makes he's kind of a north he makes really good cuts um i think he's a good fit i think god i wish he could have played with Ramondre because i think it would have been a great fit but or you know tandem, but. You know, I think Kennedy Kennedy's is the guy that like fans tend to underrate because he's just so steady. Um, I mean, you can't he's run he's had two thousand yard seasons. He's a good player. So, um, you know, no, think, I'm excited to have Kennedy back. Just damn it, could have had Ramondre. <laughs> but right, right, right. yeah, no, I think I, go ahead.
1: What to me, Kennedy is just like I, there's been a been a take that like he can't get it done against defenses. And there might be something there, but I also, I don't think so. Because in 2018 against, I mean, if you go back and watch that Alabama game, which I don't, I don't know why you would just say that. I don't know why you would rewatch the 2018
0: Alabama. There's a bit where um, Creed pissed off their defensive tackle. That was funny.
1: That was really uh, meaningless to the sport of winning football.
2: Yeah. God, what was his name? The kid that plays for the jets. Oh, It doesn't matter. Yeah. He, he was awesome. Um, But, but I mean, but if Wayne Gallman can win it out like it's good enough, Kennedy's good enough. So
1: yes. my point is like Kennedy made some great runs. That. He, and
0: yeah. That was
1: that was one of the best scenes in the country. So I'm, you know, Kennedy Brooks is good enough. I think with Eric gray is that he is, he's more explosive than yeah. Ramondre. He's a much better receiver. You can split him out wide. He did that in the, in his limited time. You know, he, mm. Enhanced Jordan Mukes in the opening.
2: Well, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't quite fair, but yeah, yeah no, poor sure. freshman. But,
1: but I, I think that Eric Gray could have a massive season. And I think yeah. it's going to be a situation where they're both going to play a ton. And I think people are going to be like calling for Eric Gray to be in the game. It's going to be like a DeMarco Murray, Chris Brown situation. Oh. For Brooks is better than Chris Brown and Eric Gray is not as good as DeMarco. But yeah, it's I could be, see that kind of like that where people were just kind of just begging for more eric gray
2: yeah so what you're saying is don't let eric gray return kicks correct That's what i'm hearing
1: of course not no yeah. that's that's billy bowman's job or mario williams job and, that's and good. so that's i think we're gonna be awesome this year i really this is the best one two punch we've had at running back since, since 2016 Andre and joe yeah, yeah. Because twenty seventeen was a weird, you know. We wound up getting Rodney, but there wasn't really a tan. I mean, Sermon and Rodney,
0: were- Rodney and Sermon at the end was pretty good, but yeah, it was yeah, more like they never Rodney- like, it was not really yeah. like going off at the same time. Like
2: yeah, it was basically Rodney and then Sermon would close out the game. So.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, and Sermon started the year better, but Rodney closed it better. Twenty eighteen, yeah. it was basically the Kennedy Brooks. Sermon played some, and he was good. Yeah. Um,
2: I think he was almost a thousand i don't remember how many yards he had it was a was good a,
1: amount that was a good tandem but i think this is going to be a better one i really do um and also side side note how the fuck did trey sermon get as good as he did? that mother uh, <laughs> what the fuck was that that dude well if you if it was
2: like uh he w- just went off for like three games he had that like crazy game against northwestern and then he just kind of took off like he wasn't good that good until then he wasn't even really starting, I don't think, until then.
1: So. Unbelievable shit, man. Like that guy, and then he just destroyed Clemson. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, what
1: a, what a and then wow. he
2: got his shoulder destroyed the very first play of yeah. the National Which sucked. But oh,
1: yeah. Ohio State could have won that game. I'm just kidding.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's like Colt McCoy, except
0: not,
1: not at but, all. <laughs> so um
0: the other thing about Eric Gray. Is that he's gonna wear zero, and that's just yeah. fucking sick. Like that rule is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: yeah that's all right. Another thing, because zero is like a really sexy number, and twenty-six is like a super not sexy number. <laughs> so it's just gonna like play into that even more.
0: You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true.
1: People are gonna love Eric Gray, and they're gonna hate Kennedy Brooks. Yeah.
0: Like a running back wearing zero, I, that's second to only like defensive lineman single-digit number. I yeah. think. Mm-hmm.
1: Wearing yep. number
0: eight.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. do you ever uh lewis Nix for notre dame he had the one yeah that was so cool that
1: was
0: awesome yeah it made him look small to scout <laughs> um okay so let's now, get
2: then, well i was just going to say the narrative okay. on this group to me is a lot like h-back is god can there aren't that many of them can they stay healthy um because oh, we don't I'm know
1: the two behind him
2: oh yeah that's, yeah uh, yeah we can still talk have like well, they, t- they brought in Trey Bradford, and it's like, I, I think he'll be good. He's fast. He's you know, He's got pretty good size. He, he's a transfer from LSU. Um, they should have recruited him out of high school, but they didn't. But now they have him anyway. Um, Marcus Major, we don't know if he's going to be eligible. <laughs> so we might only have three running backs. Hopefully we have four. Um, so TBD on that one. But top two I feel pretty good about. After that it gets a little dicey. So we might have a Jeremiah Hall is playing running back game, much like we had Demetri Flowers against Iowa State. Mm-hmm.
0: God, Ryan, it was so Ryan much simpler him. when uh the H back we would we could fall to in that situation was Mikey Henderson. God, it yeah. was so much life was so much simpler when Mikey Henderson was on this goddamn football team.
1: When he was yeah. a robber. Yeah. That was he was, was the
0: Robert. he was the getaway driver, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, uh, cool. so, uh, yeah with, and, and Trey Bradford, I do really like him. I, I agree I wanted us to recruit him on a high. But I'll say with him, man, that guy looks nothing like I thought he was. Like, that dude was skinny. Yeah, he has filled out. It fucking-
2: tends to happen when you go to Louisiana, as you put on weight. So That
1: dude did some fucking steroids down there. Like, that's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> God. More people need to do that if that's, that's what you're going to look like after you um quarterback position um the can he
2: over- win the Heisman that yeah. that's the question
1: that can-
2: is he Heisman good that's the question <laughs>
1: so, so. drill has been of the opinion that Spencer Rattler is fucking awesome as a sophomore. yeah this is a big year for us
2: <laughs> are you proven correct
1: are we right were we right and I think we will be proven correct I think Spencer Rattler if you look back at what the situation with him last year—he had an underachieving offense. He had an underachieving
2: stone hand wide receivers.
1: Wide receiver He had the most reliable position group. He had was also the most hurt in the H back and the running back. Yeah, lost Kennedy Brooks or Steve suspended for half. Mm-hmm. Like it's not surprising that there were struggles last year.
2: Every single game he'd have like just this, just a gorgeous pass that was dropped.
0: Yeah, yeah, like ripped my heart out. Um. And the thing is, like we talked about the struggles last year, it's pretty good last year. Uh, won the conference, embarrassed Florida, like mm-hmm. just an embarrassment of arm talent. Um, wasn't first team All Big Twelve. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which he
2: you know, wasn't even second team, was he? It wasn't Sam second team? I think so. Which was yeah.
0: just, just an honorable sense. mention. He was born to do is, it. Just, yeah,
1: and I. I'm not saying that Rattler is gonna be as good as Baker or Kyler. Those two are all-time greats. Yeah, you're right. I don't think he needs to.
2: I don't think he needs to be though. Like,
1: what I am saying though is that Spencer Rattler, as a passer, is more talented than both of those guys. Mm -hmm. And there's not really anything Baker did that Spencer Rattler can't do better than. He's not going to be Kyler with the wheels. Like, that's just never going. You're never going to.
2: To me, it's like Baker leadership. Kind of stuff like yeah, off-field,
0: right? Well, it's a matter of stuff like he is capable of doing everything Baker did and so much more. It's about doing it, right?
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, and I mean, I think he can. Is- um, he's, um, I mean, legitimately what like one of the best people to ever like one of the best people ever at throwing a football very far. Um, he's just—it's—it's astonishing. Um, I, yeah, there's a reason he's the Heisman favorite. I think. Yeah, go
1: ahead, Nathan.
2: Well, I was just going to say, as far as like narratives that aren't rattler, I'm really, me personally, I am curious to see if they have packages for Caleb Williams. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's like a fun, you know, thing to look for, for fans is how do they get him involved. Do they have Rattler come limp off the field as if he hurt his knee and then Caleb runs for nine yards all of Ky- Kyler Murray?
1: Uh, it's going to be really – because there is a scenario. Like, you know, maybe – you know, we are super thin at running back. Maybe that's a situation where in, in short yard situations you find – Caleb Dozer. Go with yeah. the Caleb Dozer and <laughs> run back some wear and tear. You Get Caleb Williams onto the field, he's probably gonna be. Oh, really-
2: uh, no, is he gonna be our Emory Jones? No, hope not.
1: I'll do that. <laughs> I'll do that one. Um, but yeah, no, I there could be a like Caleb Williams could have like 10 rushing touchdowns in a package, really. You know, it's a lot of it's probably gonna depend on how we run the ball normally, like if we're effective in that way, Last yeah, while we'll to get going in short yardage situation. Uh, or- I think ideally,
2: he doesn't do it. Like we're not reliant on it. It's just yeah. like a thing that we do.
0: Yeah, um, and it's a thing that costs like, on average, like half a timeout a game, of just oops, right. Caleb Williams on the field forgot, got to call a timeout because their defense is. Would be really cool, is if they have like them both out there, and oh, yeah, you're just like yeah. what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like so. the I'll always remember the um the um a drive in the first half of the. Rose Bowl, where they got to the end zone and just like toyed with Kirby Smart, just destroyed Kirby Smart's world but with like mm-hmm. three like consecutive times, and then ultimately it leads to the to Baker catching a touchdown, right. like just wow. like oh yeah. wait, Baker and Kyler are both in the field. Timeout. That's about she the can't. that's
2: about the highest high I've had in a football game, and then it got pretty pretty quickly down to the lowest low.
1: Yeah, but. we don't have to talk about literally anything <laughs> else that happened in that game.
2: Yeah. Yeah but, yeah,
1: but, but yeah, I mean, this is the most talented quarterback room in the country. I feel yep. comfortable saying yeah. That. Well, well, yeah, it, yeah, uh,
2: I would say so because it's the most, it has a proven guy included in it.
1: Yeah, it so. has experience and it has a guy that's going to be awesome and,
0: yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. And that guy's name is Karsten Groose. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited to see the, the steps that Rattler makes this year. Um, and I do, I really do think it like if the offensive line plays 2016 level and the receivers play just normal, like we're not even talking best case scenario there, we're talking like median outcome, like yeah. that's a fucking great offense that Spencer. Yeah. Ref- we'll
2: be top. They'll be top five. If that, if, if just that happens, they were so. like
1: what number three last,
2: year? uh, I don't think they were, I think they're oh, closer they were to down, 10. They were down yeah. Away. But there's that still. That's like still really damn good, yeah. like for for you know almost every team that's incredible, and then right. for us it's like oh it's a down year we're tenth in the country in offense, so like.
1: No, I I think that this could be the best offense in the country again this year. Yeah, I agree. After yeah. a couple of years of just being like
2: the know, Jalen year, I think we were second. Yeah, behind yeah. LSU, which was behind just out of this world and then last year I think we were like 8th or 8th between 8th and 10 somewhere in there I don't I don't remember the exact number but um, the point is you know if they get better at those two spots they're just basically if they just get better like you would expect them to get better they'll be top five to top one
1: you know, well, you know one of the things I really like about this podcast that we've done tonight is that we haven't spent a lot of time talking about what ifs in terms of bad scenarios and the reason why, I know that there, there's a place for that and there's value there but so many of those bad scenarios are just like I just feel like they're too negative because like mm-hmm. the idea what that, happened
2: what if Spencer breaks his leg well shit yeah. well, obviously that's a bad thing <laughs> so
1: Rattler doesn't take that step which why what why would you that even be a, a consideration honestly players yeah. generally Get better from year to year.
0: Also, frankly, he took that step
2: last year. Like, yeah, yeah. we watched him in real time do it. So,
1: and then, like, what are the actual odds of this receiver core not playing better than pretty fucking low? Yeah. Same with the offensive line.
2: It's just you know, I think a lot of people are just they've seen this movie. several times and they're they're hesitant to truly buy in and i get it i i don't have us as the number one team going into the season um but i have us as a top four team and i think we can contend with the other teams and that's all i'm really asking for so
1: i i understand that there is uncertainty but if you actually evaluate that uncertainty there's more likelihood that it's going to come good you know Mm -hmm. what i mean otherwise otherwise we wouldn't be so excited about this year Otherwise, yeah. there wouldn't be so much hype surrounding this. You know, if it was like, man, that's a coin flip if this receiver core does. Mm-hmm. Then like,
2: or if it was like a bunch of guys that you're not, you know, like, oh, they're starting some dudes that uh, they're okay, but I'm not really – there's yeah. talents. Not sure if the talent's quite there. Talent's there. Just, can they play it at that level. So
1: Talent's there. Talent's there. And you know what? The depth is there for the most part across the entire roster. You know, we're talking yeah. about offensive line there's still depth there, you know, like we don't know. I think they'll rotate eight. Yeah, we don't know how it's going to work itself out, but there's depth. There's depth at receiver. The one spot, or I guess two spots, running back and H-back, you can't really sustain something significant there to more than one guy. Like if one guy gets hurt at one of those positions, we'll survive. But if two gets hurt, we're in trouble. Then it gets
2: dicey, yeah.
1: But – You know, that's
2: that's the same with pretty much every school. So
1: every team team has a position group that if they get two injuries at it, they might even Alabama
2: has that somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah. So, So. I mean, think about Alabama like two years ago, whenever uh, they kept losing inside linebackers and then their defense wasn't that good.
1: Right. So, yeah. Um, So that's that's why you should be excited about this team, right? Have we convinced you to be excited?
0: Yeah, it's um, it's still really scary. Um, because he didn't even mention Gabe Burkich So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing there's about it is, the, like, yeah, when you look at it, it's like, yeah, this should be the best team in the country. Like, this should be the best OU team. Um, it's two thousand three. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe the second best OU team of my life. Like, that's yeah. terrifying. That's a, I don't know. It's a whole other pod, but yeah, right. the, We, should, what, we the, rank them. Yeah, what two thousand three, two thousand eight. I mean, 2001 at all, but I was... Well, right. no, but... I so. don't know. <laughs> that game sucks. Yeah. The national championship against Florida State. Oh, like, yeah. if you go back and watch it... It's yeah, not that fun. Defense, no. Defense, the,
2: be- the best game of that year is the, the Nebraska one and the, A&- the, A&- the A&M one. The A&M game is the
1: best
2: year. Yeah, the A&M game is probably the best game. Um, the K-State the K- Big 12 title is actually pretty good, too. But A&M is the best game because it has the most exciting ending. But, anyway... <laughs>
1: No, that that two thousand team, I was not emotionally prepared as a seven year old to game. Yeah. My <laughs> my dad like had like made me stop watching because I was just like a fucking emotional wreck. Yeah,
2: see I, I watched it, but I, I didn't truly get into it till I was older. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, this is cool. And then I was I was done. Yeah. So. I,
1: I remember my dad made me go outside and play in the backyard during the texas a and game
2: <laughs> that's awesome
1: i remember whenever we
2: lost to osu in 2001 i sprained my wrist on the swing set <laughs> In a similar situation because my dad didn't want me in the room because i was too agitated so
1: right no nah, just was not emotional uh mature enough. yeah um I I I, can't, I don't think that's going to happen to me this year. Um, it's going to be a particularly weird year for living on and going to freaking see how that. I'm going to talk so much shit though. If we,
0: oh, you should. If we're as
1: yeah. I think we are, I'm great. Well, what about
0: <laughs> um, who's who's their guy? Sarkisian. Sarkisian. No, their quarterback.
1: Hudson Card or Casey Thompson.
0: Casey Thompson. Everyone's so everyone's so convinced Casey Thompson was going to come bring it to us. Because yeah, he was true,
2: we don't even know if he's going to start.
0: That's like the thing. It's like
2: <laughs> everyone's like, "Oh, Casey Thompson hype." It's like we don't even know if he's going to start. Like, why? Are, why are we hyping him up? Um, I mean, I'm trying to think. This te- Texas might have like two guys that would start for you right now: Bijan and maybe one of their safeties, like Caden Stearns, maybe. Like
1: I thought he left.
2: Oh, did he? Okay, so Bijan—they got Bijan. Yeah. So. I was just trying to think of who they have that would even start for you. Um, I
1: don't know. Maybe Aidan
0: Stearns is on the Broncos. Just
2: to confirm. Okay, so yeah, Bijan. Do
1: they have any (laughs) offensive tackles? I don't know. I
2: don't know. I think they're. I mean, last year their offensive line sucks, and that was with their left tackle that left
0: for the draft. So
1: with Cosme gone, yeah, they probably don't have any offensive.
0: Maybe Cosme was secretly bad, and he fooled the NFL into and. (laughs) Texas fooled the NFL into drafting him. That's
1: sure that's it. Um, let, let's do playoff picks. Um, just because honestly, we're probably not gonna pod back. it's because we're all in grad school. Um sometimes. There's not enough time, and I'm gonna be doing a lot of other potting high on the list of priorities. So, <laughs> just so we can all go back and listen to how wrong we were at the end of the year.
0: No, nah, we're gonna we're gonna nail it. Oh, I'm, I am so ready to be so wrong about this. I got a dumb one. Um, I'm really excited about how dumb it is.
1: Let, let's have Nathan go first. I think yeah. maybe the most measured in
2: this. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't have any dumb ones. Mine's, like, real. Um, so, I'm not going to go in order, but I, I think Clemson's going to make it because I don't think the ACC is going to put up any resistance. And I actually, I I, I believe in Uyungalole, so I think he's going to be good. Um. Picking Ohio State because while I don't know anything about CJ Stroud outside of him being highly recruited, I really like their receivers and I really like their offensive line and I think their defense will be better. And I'm taking Oklahoma, as we just talked about. And then I'm taking Georgia okay. out of the SEC. And, and I'm not taking Alabama, and that's my hot take is I'm not picking Alabama. <laughs> so
1: who wins the, the playoff game?
2: Well, I don't know who's playing who. But let's see. Um, I'll go OU Georgia. And to not be a homer, I'll pick Georgia. But also because I think Georgia is the most talented team in the country this year. Um, and that's why I'm picking them. But I don't feel good about it. So got that. <laughs> you
1: should be this might yeah,
2: be- that's okay. This might be your last it's not my pod anyway. I'm just a guest. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this might be the last time. That's ridiculous. All
0: right, well, see you.
1: It's
0: been it's been a good time.
1: All right, I'll, I'll go. You, Ryan, do you want to go? or
0: You, you should go because mine's dumber than yours.
1: Okay, great.
0: Um, Arizona State.
1: I'm going to go with, with OU. I think OU is going to go undefeated. Um, Clemson, I think they're going to go undefeated. Great. I think they beat Georgia first in game one. I'm going to go with Georgia and Ohio State. I'm going to go with the same four as you. Okay. Just different winners. Yeah, OU is going to kick the shit out of Georgia in the first round. So, they're so you
2: just say Clemson would.
1: No, Clemson's going to beat them in the first game. Oh, I see. Yeah, so Clemson will be the one seed. OU, OU gotcha. Georgia, Ohio State four. Okay. OU, they actually finished the job that they they did for the first half last night. Oh, it'll be glorious if that happens. Yeah. so and then I think Ohio State is going to be Clemson in the Whoa, game. okay. It's going to be really good. Like they've been. It's honestly kind of crazy that they haven't won a national championship as good as they've been the last two years. Like it's mm-hmm. just because there's been two death stars the last two years that have been ridiculous. But um, like they're they're so freaking talented. They're more talented. So that's that's I would agree. They'll get good enough quarterback play. And they're they're so. Funny. <laughs> what the? Okay, tangent. Why the hell?
2: Why the hell did Chris Olave come back? Oh, no. Why he's going to be a first rounder? Makes sense. Why <laughs> we can't even get our seventh rounders to stay? Why does? Why did he come back? No clue. Anyway,
1: and then I think oh, you wins in the, the national championship, and I'll, I'll put a score on it. I'll put a score on it. 48-24. Whoa! If that happens, I. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking I'll get it. We're fucking.
2: Oh up, man. DVD times, box set?
1: How, how many times <laughs> did I say that we were going to win every big 12 game by like 55 points? You know, if you do that shit, you're going to go and you're going to fuck up Ohio state.
2: <laughs> well, we're going to be the best team of all time. Then <laughs> apparently you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, I just want to preface this by saying this will not happen. Um, but
1: it's always good to start a prediction with that.
0: Oklahoma, Clemson, Notre Dame, Oregon. Oh,
1: fuck yeah. I'm
0: He's all, was, a Jack Cone believer. I <laughs> so much. Jack Cone carries Notre Dame through its weird half-ass pseudo ACC schedule. They beat Navy and whatever, and they're just undeniable. Oregon just doesn't fuck up all year. Jack Cone and Anthony Brown. Yeah.
2: Play then,
1: off of- <laughs> 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 I just love the conferences that are represented in this. The big. Well,
0: teams. this is the great thing, <laughs> and this is the this is the infuriating thing, is that when OU waltzes to a national title in this scenario, it will be decried as fake because they didn't have to beat an SEC team to get there. I'm okay with that. I am okay with that.
1: Sure less. Let's fucking get it. So Ryan and I actually deserve to be on the five because we picked well, up actually-
2: well, it's, your, it's your damn pot. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. You gotta you gotta you gotta keep the sponsors somehow.
1: Full full disclosure, when I made that score prediction, I meant to say forty-one. I don't know why I said forty-eight. That was total accident. Confidence. 24, okay. But okay.
2: walking you're already walking it back, I see.
0: Can't believe. Eric Gray heard that, and he's going to score that extra touchdown, despite you. It's going to be the garbage time touchdown.
1: Absolutely fantastic. Eric no,
0: Gray. no, that one, that touchdown is going to be uh, Tanner Schaefer throwing to Drake's tubes. <laughs> I welcome it.
1: My least favorite touchdown of the season is the last one. That'd be great. We'd love it. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to go into this season. I'm just, I'm, I'm optimistic. And I'm just gonna try and not be scared. I think we're. I think we have what it takes this year.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, to to win it all, right?
2: Looking at it, I mean, if you look at it realistically, what games really scare you? I mean, Iowa State is the only one that even gives you much pause.
1: Doesn't scare me at all. Yeah, zero zero fear. Texas is the only game. Just because of talent. Just weird shit happens. Yeah. Just weird shit. And they're talented, you know. Texas people.
2: but they're not as talented as say, they, they were, you know, no. all of the 2000s, you know, comparatively. So, right. not, I mean, we we're just saying I don't know what who starts for them that starts for us besides BJ. Right. So,
1: but they're the closest thing to us from a talent standpoint in
2: the comp. I think I don't know, man. I mean, from a recruiting star standpoint, I agree. From a guys that'll get drafted, I don't know if they're more talented than Iowa State.
1: If I was my if
2: Iowa, Iowa State, State, State probably has like a ten dudes on that team that are going to get drafted this year. Sure,
1: sure. They're not going to get drafted high. If Iowa yeah, State,
2: but they're still going to get drafted. So
1: if those guys were that good, they wouldn't be here still. They would have gone to the draft line.
0: Well, we just I'm not Chris on, Olave. Chris I'm Olave.
1: Not on Iowa State.
0: So I guess I think Iowa question. State's
1: going to go ahead.
0: Go ahead. How flat is Nebraska?
1: How flat is Nebraska?
0: Yeah, like I mean, like after we play them, and yeah, they're going to get flattened. But, like, give
2: me I some would say measurements. The, they're going to be as flat as the eastern part of the state, not the west, where all the bluffs are. It's going to be the corn part. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. That's good. They can they then they can go and find some walk-ons there. Yeah. And put them in their nutritional program. <laughs> the Tom Osborne nutritional program.
2: Yeah. Right. Uh, I think, you know, I think I think that game could maybe be kind of interesting for like a quarter, and then I think they're just going to get their – debt. as soon as they start having to like rotate dudes, they're just going to get – like you said, they're going to get flat. <laughs> so um, I don't know what the line – is there an early – I'm sure there's an early line on that thing. I would bet it's – I bet we win by four touchdowns if I were to guess. I
1: like
2: it. I mean, they suck, and then they lost their best player to Kentucky – um so
1: guys it's like less than we're almost there
2: oh uh, we get to watch nebraska in two weeks against illinois so burt versus corn great so
1: we will we will not be doing a uh, podcast of here <laughs> no so.
2: i will watch every second of that game <laughs> the burt bowl so.
1: uh
0: cool Anything yeah else? um okay there it is folks uh we previewed oe football we gave you stories to care about, and that's that's what I needed. I hope it's what you needed. Um, and now we're going to go win a national championship and be the best OU football team of this decade, maybe, of my lifetime. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, uh, on the Google Podcast Store. Uh, find us on Spotify. Find us on YouTube. Find us on Amazon Podcasts. Find us where you get your podcasts. We'll be there. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at per underscore happily and at RW And we'll see you later.